0: You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston.
1: Good evening and welcome to The Extra Point brought to you by IVN. I'm your host, Jeff Marston. Well, tonight, I'm excited to have a conversation with a very special guest, Reginald Jones, the president and CEO since 2012 of the Jacobs Center for Neighborhood Innovation. In that role, Reginald has been leading efforts to develop enduring partnerships and create equitable community-driven change in southeastern San Diego focusing on real estate development, economic opportunity, and cultural community building. At the Jacobs Center, he works with community residents, organizations, and political leaders to build collaboration for neighborhood revitalization efforts. Reginald, welcome to The Extra Point.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. It's a
1: pleasure. No, pleasure's ours. We appreciate you being here. So let's get the the easy stuff out of the way. How would people describe
2: you? I think when people would say, Jeff, that I'm the consummate professional yet accessible uh, to the broad range of constituencies that I have to work with uh, in uh, my engagement with the Jacobs Center for Neighborhood Innovation. And that's everything from everyone from uh, politicos to grassroots community residents.
1: Okay, so this is probably a really bad analogy, but I'll, I'll try anyway. I lived in Washington DC for a couple of years and, um, you know, there's a ton of things to do there and see and, and what have you. And it was always one of these, um, I get up on a Saturday morning, well, I'll do that next weekend. I'll just do that next weekend. And next weekend really never came. And all of a sudden, two years later, I had to go back to San Diego, which of course not such a not such a bad thing to have to do. <laughs> but, but I, I kind of missed the the boat there. And the, the point, point I'm trying to make up make here, that the dots I'm trying to connect is, I've been to the Jacobs Center literally dozens of times for all sorts of events, press conferences, lunches, panel discussions, community engagement, things, all that stuff that you're very familiar with. Um, But in all those times, and all those years, I've never really had a chance to sit down and, and talk to someone about you know, so, so tell me about the Jacobs Center, what do you do?
2: The Jacobs Center certainly is uh, the vision of Joe Jacobs, Dr. Joseph Jacobs, the patriarch of the Jacobs family. Dr. Joe Jacobs came into San Diego, his daughters resided here, to invest in community change. Dr. Jacobs amassed his wealth through uh, 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 Global Engineering and uh, the Jacobs Engineering Company. And uh, had a very strong uh, value uh, ethic that he wanted to give back the wealth that he made in a way that it would benefit less fortunate. And so consequently, Dr. Jacobs, having daughters here in San Diego, after some philanthropic efforts that he launched in the Pasadena, Los Angeles area, decided to do a Uh, one might call a comprehensive community change initiative in southeastern San Diego. When I talk about a comprehensive community change initiative, uh, Jeff, I'm basically speaking of an investment, a philanthropic investment that would lift community in all of its ways, uh, socially, economically, as well as uh, in its uh, physical uh, infrastructure. With that being said, Dr. Jacobs invested. And from that time, uh, and this was in the late 90s, uh, the Jacobs family has been interested in maintaining a presence in Southeastern San Diego for the sole purpose of working in partnership with community, to really revitalize the Southeastern San Diego area. It's no secret, Jeff, that Southeastern San Diego is certainly lagging in all community quality indicators. Everything from its physical infrastructure to housing quality, affordable housing, to education quality and economic development as well. So the Jacobs, uh, Jacobs Center stands as a Physical structure that welcomes community into the uh, events and activities that you reference, but the work is much better, uh, bigger than the center itself. It really is about partnering with community to build a thriving place.
1: Certainly, always the impression I had it was much bigger than than these events, and I appreciate the the history and the and the uh, explanation there. Well, we extra point has had a number of shows with a focus on COVID-19. And to that point, I'd like to read from a recent Jacob Center press release. Jacob Center for Neighborhood Innovation, along with four other local nonprofits, were recently awarded for being on the front lines of continuous service towards the community during the COVID 19 crisis. San Diego Voice and Viewpoint awarded all five of these organizations the Organizational Excellence Award at its virtual award gala. As the COVID 19 pandemic blows through local communities, Jacob Center has joined with several partner organizations to remain hyper-focused on supporting beloved businesses, families, and schools. By doing so, Southeastern San Diego residents can create the future and life they envision. So some s- specifics, I guess. How has the Jacobs Center for Neighborhood Innovation been challenged by COVID-19 in the past year or so? And how are the, what are the things uh, that you've done to help the community? And I guess, first of all, congratulations on this award. You've obviously done great stuff, but tell us, tell us a little bit about it.
2: Sure. Thank you for that, Jeff. Um, COVID-19 certainly has impacted all communities. You know, uh, the world, the nation, states, cities, and as I said, local communities. But in all of that... Black and brown communities have been most significantly impacted by COVID-19. Southeastern San Diego certainly being no exception. The community actually is majority Hispanic, 51% Hispanic, uh, with the African-American population trailing. Uh, We uh, were called to pivot our normal work, if you will, that work that is focused on real estate development, economic development and community engagement to really focus on this impact of the pandemic in Southeastern San Diego. How did we do that? We partnered with other organizations to really make sure that the needs of the Southeastern San Diego residents were addressed. What do we mean? Food security becoming very important, access to uh, 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 PPE, uh, uh, protection equipment uh, during the time of COVID, and actually keeping nonprofit organizations afloat to be able to service. The needs of the residents in Southeastern San Diego. That was done through providing grants to these organizations. We leveraged our resources with such groups as the San Diego Foundation, the Will Family Foundation, uh, the San Diego Firefighters Association, and others that contributed that we could actually provide supports not only to the residents, but to the organizations serving those residents, that they could stay strong in a very challenging time for the community.
1: What have you been doing during the pandemic? Any new projects? Maybe I'm looking at a little, you know, personally related to what you do uh, in your day job, but, but other things.
2: Yes, I, I have uh, actually, this whole period, uh, the uh, COVID-19 pandemic uh, being no exception, but this whole period of time that we have experienced over the last year, uh, including the social justice movement, Uh, has really created a stronger consciousness for me personally in the need to not only work harder at lifting Southeastern San Diego out of the many inequities that it faces, but to actually bring stronger voice to this uh, issue of social justice, uh, Jeff. Uh, Certainly, we have all watched with horror many of the things that have transpired in the social justice space over the last year, the killings of of, uh, black men at the hands of police. Uh, And we have known for a while of the uh, economic injustices, uh, the health disparities in our communities. And so on that note, I actually started a project I call Intelligentsia uh, 21C. And the purpose of that platform is to really bring to light issues affecting uh, people of color, particularly the inequities that they're facing today. And so, Intelligentsia intends to, 21C intends to lift up equity. And I'm doing that uh, through a platform that includes podcasts and blogs, um, the uh, Intelligentsia 21C podcast. Uh, which can be uh, heard on Apple, Spotify, or wherever folks get their their podcasts. And it addresses the uh, issues of inequities facing people of color today. Uh, The Intelligence of 21C podcast and blog welcomes everyone uh, as an audience who's interested in a more just and equitable society. So I have, ex- through this project, I have expanded my voice, if you will, really trying to bring to light the inequitable issues that are facing people of color, but more off, moreover, not just talking about the problems, but posing solutions as well, Jeff. How do we move towards a more just and equitable society? Where can we can really live out our country's pledge of one nation under God with liberty and justice for all. All people having equal opportunity to quality infrastructure in their communities, quality affordable housing, quality education, economic opportunity. These are all important factors and our country with all of its resources must must address the inequities that exist so that we are one nation all prospering together.
1: Appreciate, uh, appreciate that and what you're doing. Um, I think sometimes in the um, 24-7 news cycle, everybody's clamoring for stuff, and there's a lot of this is going on, that's going on, this is bad, this is, and people aren't talking about, okay, how do we address it? Exactly. Address it? You're also part of a weekly panel yeah. that contributes to an economy and business focus column in the Union Tribune. How did that get started? What kind of what are the kind of questions are you asked? And I, I happen to read that every week, so this is um. I like, I like asking you that question.
2: Well, I'm 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 pleased that you asked, Jeff, and I'm hoping my responses in the echo meter uh, briefs each week in the United uh, Union Tribune are uh, substantive and. Uh, Uh, providing some good insight on the issues posed. Uh, I started doing this about a year ago at the invitation of the Union Tribune. These are panelists of economic experts and uh, executives. And each week we deal with a trending issue uh, around uh, uh, economics in San Diego, but also on the national and regional level. And uh, I've been pleased to offer uh, my comments uh, on, on issues posed. And I do that too, Jeff, thinking uh, through a racial equity lens. Uh, and so I think the diversity of voices is always very important. And I'd like to think that I bring a voice that is cognizant of the environment and the issues of the environment in, in, in which I work in. And so as I answer questions around uh, infrastructure or local economy or, you know, community redevelopment, I'm always doing it with that equity lens and certainly bringing that perspective uh, to the economy to panel.
1: What's an example of a way Jacob Center has formed partnerships to serve its local
2: residents? Well, we are a mainstream organization in a historically black community that is transforming as i said earlier uh, uh, now majority hispanic and we are white organization in this community so it is important for us to be cognizant of that notion jeff and in being cognizant of that notion it's important for us to engage in partnership with the community that we understand community culture, we're responding, if you will, to community voice and creating a work platform that in fact is community sensitive. And when I say that and more specifically to your point, how do we do this? Our work has always been intended to sunset. And when I talk about sunset, that the Jacobs would go in, be a catalyst for community change, bringing resources, partnering with the community, using those resources to drive community informed work. In that notion, it's important that we work to build up the indigenous community assets, those organizations that have historically been a part of that community and the residents that are there and and have made a uh, a commitment to live in that community. So a way in which we work with the community is through partnership. One example in specific, we have just launched a uh, capacity building cohort in which we were the catalyst for bringing in resources to form a cohort of organizations that have been working in the community, indigenous to the community, sit down at the table with them as peers, and to really begin to strategize uh, on needs of the community, ways to address them, and how collectively we can work stronger in achieving the intended outcomes for community change. It's so important in these days, no one organization can carry uh, all of the requirements, for community change forward. So it's important that we build collaborative efforts, recognizing the strengths and the focus of one another, that we can begin a collective impact um, to, foster community change. So we're working with some really great organizations. Rise San Diego, the Logan Heights Community Development Corporation is is part of the cohort. BayPAC, the uh, political advocacy organization. All of these organizations are very important. You got Rise, they're building new leadership for a new time in the community. You've got Logan Heights Community Development Corporation who's working to build uh physical infrastructure in communities, be it housing, et cetera and so on, and offering a range of social services for community change. Baypack. This work cannot be done through philanthropic dollars alone. I always say Jeff, philanthropy can be a catalyst, but philanthropy can't do what government should be doing. So having a group like Baypack, an advocacy group, advocacy group, for sure is very important. So it's all about creating work policy that we can present to advance uh, the resources for community through government structures, uh, building leadership in the community, and of course, uh, addressing the physical, economic and social elements for community change, all in an effort to build a thriving community. Jacob Center with all of its resources is not powered to do that without being in collaboration with groups that are indigenous to the community, really understand the environment and can inform the right strategic plan and actions for implementation.
1: Okay, well, Reginald, as a recognized and very effective community leader, what would you say to someone who wants to get involved in a local nonprofit organization? Where should they start? And can you speak to how it's rewarding through
2: volunteering or board service? Yes. I would say the first prerequisite, uh, uh, Jeff, is passion for the organization's mission. And if you're interested in volunteerism, and particularly volunteerism that is focused on uh, lifting society, I think align with an organization that you are passionate about their mission. And once you do that, you learn more about that organization. You learn more about uh, the organization through volunteering, uh, providing time, providing your talents to that organization. And certainly all nonprofits certainly appreciate the treasure that can be provided as well. So understand the mission, learn the mission, provide time, talent, and treasure Uh, to the organization, and then ultimately you can become more engaged through advisory committee work uh, or even board involvement with the organization, and uh, that is a kind of normal path one should take, but I, I would say first and foremost, be passionate about the mission and then understand the environment in which the organization is working in and your desire, your personal desire to really share in helping improve the conditions of the environment in which you're engaging with.
1: Well, Reginald, do you have any last thoughts you'd like to share with us?
2: We uh, have a mantra in San Diego of being America's finest city. There's also a mantra of being one San Diego. And we must recognize that we can't achieve being America's finest city or being one San Diego if there are sectors of the city or sectors of the population that are being left behind, not uh, being equally resourced or resources resourced as needed. And I guess the parting message would be is that it, it is important to strive to be America's finest city. It's important to strive to be one San Diego, but in achieving that, Jeff, it's important that we recognize that we must lift up all communities. And I would, I would, I would encourage uh, philanthropic, uh, corporate, and uh, individuals to really take note of this issue and begin to be concerned in a manner of civic engagement that they might work to lift these communities that have been historically underinvested and that they can all be thriving along with the rest of San Diego. San Diego is a very rich city indeed and we need to make that the whole city.
1: Wow. Reginald, those are great closing points. Thank you. Reginald Jones, President and CEO of the Jacobs Center for Neighborhood Innovation, thank you so very much for sharing your time with us tonight on The Extra Point, and congratulations on all the center's past achievements, and we look forward to hearing more about great things in the future.
2: Pleasure, Jeff. Thank you so much.
1: pleasure is ours. The Extra Point will be right back.
0: You're listening to The Extra Point with Jeff Marston.
1: cast listeners stay with me if you're listening if you can hear my voice you are obviously seeking quality content that is engaging enlightening and insightful otherwise you'd be out skiing playing golf or at the beach so if you're hearing this you are connected to IVN and they are the leaders in content and explication that's a that's a fancy word so i recommend that you sign up and subscribe to i'm there for you baby The Entrepreneur's Guide to the Galaxy, I, Neil Centuria, your faithful co-host, along with my bride and partner, we will give you a quench of thirst for knowledge.
2: How do you like that?
1: And we're there for you, along with IVN.org. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. And remember the most famous line of all from Bernard Baruch, a pleasant old billionaire, he said, you can't go broke taking a profit.
0: you're listening to the extra point with Jeff Morston.
1: Well, this has been a great show tonight. Thanks for joining us everybody. Um, I'm joined by the guy that really puts all this together, JC Polk, who's our executive producer. And we decided to um, whether you all like it or not, we decided to just talk for a few minutes about some stuff. Some stuff. Uh, what do you want what 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 stuff do you want to talk about tonight?
0: Well, I mean, interesting. Is... We don't want to lose these people. Well, here's the thing. We've got vaccine information We've got vaccine updates. That usually holds people's attention, I think. I mean, hear this, this is breaking news. Jeff, are you good? Well,
1: <laughs> it's so interesting you would say that because i that's what I want. I want a vaccine update. Um, here's, the, here's the deal. I have received my first shot um, and no j- jokes from you about that's understandable since I'm in the age category. That you will get to, you know, within a couple of years, I believe, is, is, as I understand it. So I get a, um, I got a shot uh, over four weeks ago, we're pushing five weeks now. And I was set to get my second shot um, last Friday, I guess it was, and I got a, a first a text that sound, it looked almost like a scam, it didn't look official at all, saying my shot's been canceled. Due to weather and supply and what have you, and then I I got a couple of emails from uh, from Vaughn's, uh, basically confirming that and 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 the whole Vaughn story is kind of interesting. I see all this, and obviously everything's been they've got people have they've got their act together, and it it seems to be moving a lot better. But all these these mess ups that you saw through the government and waiting lists and all this kind of stuff, and somebody suggested I go to the Vons Albertson website, which I said oh, all right, I'll try it. And I had an appointment in five minutes.
0: Wait so the Padres fan that you are, I just presumed that you were going down to Petco.
1: I am a big Padres fan. Um, waiting in line for three hours to get a needle put in my arm is a little bit different than going to a ball game where I can spend three hours drinking beer and eating you know what other, whatever gourmet food they have. So so, so, um, so I go down there. Uh, to get the first shot. And there are a few people in line at the pharmacy in the Vons. It's the Vons on Mission Gorge Road. And, uh, um, but they're picking up prescriptions. I'm like the only one there to get a shot. And it was, I was so mini freaked out by it that I asked the guy, just before you do this, is this, is this the flu shot or the COVID shot? I couldn't believe there's nobody else there. I just expected this line going out into the, the parking lot at Vons. So, Wait a minute. Now, which
0: which location is this? This is Vons on Mission Gorge Road in Santee. Well, guess what? It won't be like that anymore. Once this goes out, they will have that line out the door. No, wait, no waiting vaccine shots? Uh,
1: yeah, well, I also am probably then going to be under contract with Vons because I've now gotten them, you know, I'm a PR guy, so I've gotten them all this extra business because when people come in there, they're also going to go shopping. That's what they said to me. I said, I said, I need to stay. I need to hang around for 15 minutes. That's the rule. And they said, oh yeah, go shopping. And then if, if, you know, when you, by the time you're done shopping, if you don't have any side effects, you know, and so I did and I spent, you know, a hundred bucks on whatever I bought. And I mean, it was, it's a very clever little subliminal thing they've got, but the, but, but seriously, that was the, that was really the end of the easy part. Um, and now I'm, I'm, I'm waiting to, uh, I'm waiting to get, uh, to get my second shot, and um, you know, I'll, I'll wait uh, a few more days. So I may go down there um, and see what what the deal was. But they got, yeah, they got backed up. Seriously, they got backed up um, because of the the weather back east or wherever this, this the vaccines are coming from, and the supply went down. And you read that in the paper. I mean, the supplies were down all over the place. Um, but I mean, I was the only one there. They could have gotten some for me. It's just one person. What's up with that?
0: Yeah, I mean, as you know, Jeff, I'm doing some work with um, um, Multicultural Health Foundation and working with them to actually bring about the information that needs to get out to some of these most vulnerable communities. And our last guest was just talking about some of the inequities that exist, and not just healthcare and things like that. And we're talking about down the road addressing some of the, the some of those things in following episodes. But I, I do think that um, you know it's interesting um, how. In this situation, while we're just talking about vaccines, how we're going to come out with multiple stories, many millions of stories of individuals and how they went through exactly what you've gone through, or you know, on the other side where couldn't find it, couldn't get an appointment, did couldn't take off work to go back and get the second shot, went beyond five weeks. And, and I think I think it's still wowing to me as I make up my word. Um, that we still don't know what these stories are gonna be. And, and there's no way we'll ever capture all of these. These would be the type of things in the schoolhouse, you know, um, children will be learning about, students will be learning about, people, scientists will be studying that will change the face of our society forever.
1: Well, you're every point you made is absolutely correct. And, and I'm being a little uh, smart-alecky and cutesy about it because um, of how frankly simple it was but you're right. I mean, this is, I'm, as I understand it, I'm basically the exception. And I just got lucky. It had nothing to do with me being any particular individual. I just happened to go on the website and, oh my God, there it is. It's just like, oh, and I really, I literally thought it was kind of a scam, to be honest with you. I mean, it's kind of like you read about all this other stuff and it was just so simple for me. Uh, I had a couple of friends who I recommended this to, and they got, they got stuff too. And neither of them uh, two friends, neither of them got delayed. They both got their they both got their second shot. But all but in all seriousness, yeah, I mean it's a big deal. And people are going through a whole lot of stuff. And you're right, we're not going to know for, you know, months or years, you know, all the stories and all the all the the, the stuff went that went on. And frankly all the, the great stories are the people who have, you know, persevered um, as as patients, as and and certainly the the first responders and the people giving these shots and what have you, I mean they're just, you know, I this is you hear this kind of ad nauseum, but they are, they are heroes. The frontline people are just
0: heroes. No, absolutely. No, no short of. up. Well, I, I know that, um, one of the things it does for me is that you can't come to me and tell me, you don't have a story for next week. So
1: very clever way of, of, of setting this up tonight. Thank you. That's, uh... yeah.
0: And then normally, normally behind the scenes, this is where I would tell you, Hey, Jeff, it's time to wrap the show. Okay. Well, you're the
1: boss. So once again, everybody, thanks for joining us on The Extra Point. We look forward to seeing you next time, seeing, hearing, whatever it really is. Um, but uh, we we promise you we'll have a great one for you again.
0: And hopefully thanks. he's yeah. vaccinated.
1: Yeah, I'm. Hope- I, hopefully I will be vaccinated. I'll be in a, in a much better mood. Thanks, JC. Appreciate everything you do. Take care, everybody. The Extra Point is brought to you through the power of Zoom and the sunshine of San Diego, California. Join us again as we continue to have great guests and powerful conversations to impact the world, or at least the way you think about some things. For the last 10 years, IVN has brought you over 10,000 articles from hundreds of independent minded authors. Dedicated to a simple etiquette rather than an ideology We're proud to be rated center by AllSides.com and least biased by MediaBiasFactCheck.org It is that nonpartisan spirit that is at the core of our journalistic mission today We introduce you to a new era at IVN We're handing over the mic so to speak to our independent contributors to develop their own shows their own voice and their own brand in short IVN is providing a programming platform for organizations, experts, and talented journalists to share news, information, and commentary with readers and listeners who think for themselves. We hope you find a few shows that you like. We hope you connect directly with our contributors. And as always, we hope you continue to think for yourself.